Welcome to another episode of the Decent Rowing Podcast. I'm Lachlan Davey. I'm here with my dad, Ken Davey. And today we're going to be talking about rowing in rough water and specifically, you know, what is involved technically to row well in rough water and some of the challenges you come up against uh, when rowing in rough water. I know I've spent probably 70% of the races I've ever done have been in rough water. Um, some Most of the time when you're training, it seems to be nice and flat, but then when it gets to race day, it's almost impossible. So, what would you think of first when we're talking about rough water, Ken? Well, I think the critical thing really is to understand that uh, everyone, pretty much, if they can, they'll train in calm water because they like it better and it's easier to focus on technique. It's easier to get really good technique if you've got calm water. The trouble is that a lot of races, as you mentioned, are done in rough water. Not at all uncommon. And what tends to happen is that it's really difficult to train to race well in rough water if you don't row in enough rough water and when you're rowing in rough water what you should do is treat it as an opportunity don't treat it as oh it's a bad day to go rowing I don't want to go rowing because it's rough or it's it's windy or it's miserable then the answer is to take those opportunities and and train and so what we want to outline here is a few particular tricks that you can use in order to uh, improve your rough rowing rough water rowing experience often I'd find that people can race really well in calm water and then when the rough water turns up then all of a sudden they can't rate uh, they get caught at the finish they're hitting the water on the recovery they're unstable at the catch uh, it's just just ends up being a disaster so i think the critical thing is to recognize rough water as an opportunity not as a uncomfortable time uh, what's your experience lachlan with how many times have you meant to go rowing and the coach will call it off because the water's rough um occasionally yeah generally if it's only if it's really really bad that that would be the case i mean it was a lot more when i was younger like in uh, younger age groups so at school and school age we'd often get on the ergo instead of going for a row if it was really rough but um yeah as as you were saying as you go, go on you basically have to learn how to deal with rough water i mean you need to learn as a as a beginner but if you haven't got the basic technique down, it can be very challenging just to try and uh, maintain any sort of boat speed or composure when you're rowing along in rough water. And it's um, it's not so much that you're hitting the water or that it's you got a headwind that maybe it's hard to hard to move the boat into that. It's more that the rough water just really ruins your rhythm in rowing. And rhythm is absolutely vital to be able to move a boat well and do it efficiently. So. Yeah, rough water always seems to be something that just pulls you out of your, uh, I guess, zen-like state where you're rowing well and to put you in a place where you're quite uncomfortable and making bad decisions and, um, yeah, rowing really poorly, basically. Yeah, I think one of the things about it is that uh, it's important for everyone, athletes in particular, but coaches too, but important for athletes to understand that the boat itself doesn't seem to mind much if the water's rough. Uh, the boat will just keep running along and everything will be fine. Uh, the only time it gets upset is when you hit the water on your recovery and un- unbalance the boat. And so the real step to it is to try and avoid doing that. Now, easy for me to say, but a couple of things about it. If you look at the water when you're rowing and it's rough, then that'll tend to make you more unstable simply because it's moving around a lot and you're you don't have a, a solid reference point for your vision. So I'd strongly suggest as a first step is to look at the horizon, look at something that's 
untroubled, if you like, that's not rough and bouncing around. And then if you can do that and keep comfortable with that process that the boat's going to be okay so long as you don't hit the water, then try to avoid hitting the water. And I've got we've got a few tips here on how to improve that ability so you don't hit the water. But I think the first thing is to understand that the boat, unless the water's high enough that it's going to hit the riggers, the boat generally won't mind rough water at all. Crosswind, cross rough, yeah, they're harder. But if you're heading straight into a rough water or heading directly with the wind in rough water, then the boat itself will just keep ticking along fine so long as you um, don't stress it out, keep you calm and keep the boat level and don't touch the water. So I think that's the first thing to learn. Uh, from your experience, Lachlan, it's uh, how uncomfortable is it when it, when you know it's rough and it just messes with your mind about how the boat's going to behave and how the hard the race is going to be. Is that a, a significant problem, do you think? Uh, yeah, it definitely can be, especially if you if it's at the point where you've, say, caught a crab or you hit the water so badly that you pretty much stop the boat dead in its tracks. Uh, those sort of things can be massive saps to your confidence and it can be really hard to get into a good rhythm without thinking, oh, maybe on the next stroke I'll catch a crab or get tipped in. Um, and so if you can avoid those big, uh, scary, massive boat stopper events, it's uh, it can be a lot easier rowing in rough water. Um, <clears throat> typically, uh, you'll get gusts of wind as well, and it, you can almost that it's not necessarily anticipating the gust but you can sort of feel when the gust is hitting so like it doesn't hit usually at full full speed it sort of has like maybe a second before it's up to like full capacity and is um yeah knocking around maximally so just understanding that in that moment when you can detect a gust coming uh what you do uh, following that will have a big impact on whether or not you'll get stopped by that gust you'll catch a crab um, you'll lose control of your your handle or your oar so it's a real um, really stressful event rowing in rough water and you have to try and walk that line between holding on your to your oars uh, tightly enough to control them uh, especially when you're squaring up into a headwind for example and um, not holding them on, onto them too tight so that it, it really affects your technique poorly and you make your forearms blow up you want to be able to make it to the end of the race without uh, getting too stressed in any direction and really trying to avoid those boat stopping events yeah i think that's really important so the critical step out of that from my view is to is to keep you cool and make sure that you don't don't overstress it and to really focus on things you can do in order to improve it so perhaps if i just run through a couple of items that that i think are important when trying to row well in rough water uh, i'll start at the finish for no better reason than got to start somewhere at the finish, often people get caught because the trouble is that we talk about getting your, uh, keeping your hands low in the boat when you're rowing in rough water to keep the oars off the water. Well, that's pretty logical. The trouble is that the finish, if you draw all the way through to the finish, uh, sculling and sweep, but particularly with sculling, you'll find that it's quite difficult to get your hands into the right position to get the blade out of the water without hitting your thighs or hitting your body or, or something. So a critical step, two things to do at the finish. The first one is to cut it short. So finish in front of your body, uh, both sweep and sculling, just finish a little bit earlier to make sure that you don't get caught. And then a critical part of that is to get the hands away and your body over as quick as you can. You want to be able to get that handle or the handles out into a position in the boat where you can actually put them down into a boat. 
in a, a sweep boat, you can actually put the handle on the gunnel. And that's not a problem. Just make sure you don't put it below the gunnel. If you're in the wide part of the middle of the boat, you might jam something. But keep it right down so you can get the blade well off the water. Sculling is not quite so simple, uh, but in still in sculling, if you just make sure that you run the handles down your thighs, down your legs, then you, and get your body over quickly, then you'll find that you haven't got a lot of time in that trapped in the finish position because trapped in the finish position means that you're automatically going to end up slowing the boat significantly because you've got check, essentially you're checking the boat if the oar gets stuck at that point. So first thing I'd suggest is get the hands away, get your body over, get out of the finish and get your hands down low in the boat. So from your perspective, Lachlan, uh, I've seen you rowing in times when you get caught at the finish in rough sort of water. I've seen plenty of crews do that. Does that make sense in the boat? Yeah, so um, typically one of those boat stopping events like I'll be talking about would be a crab and typically that happens at the finish because uh, the athlete hasn't been able to extract their blade properly. Maybe they're a little bit late, the rest of the crew got their blade out and they're still in the water, that can happen. Um, and so making sure you have a really uh, short, snappy sort of finish to get the blade out of the water, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a real real benefit. And it sort of happens by cutting the, short, the stroke off a little bit short, but I usually find that if I'm rowing along, say, happily, you know, just training at, say, you know, 14 to 16 strokes a minute, something like that, uh, if I end up hitting rough water, which I often do towards the end of a row where I am, um, sort of a sea breeze comes in, if you like, and I have, I find that it's a lot easier for me to naturally let the rating jump up to maybe like uh, 18 to 20, something like that. So it's, it's not a huge increase, and I'm still doing steady state rowing, but just increasing that rating a little bit makes it a lot easier for me to maintain balance, um, especially if there's you know variable waves, variable wind. Uh, giving the boat less time to rock over to one side or get hit by a, a wave or a, or a gust of wind to yeah keep the boat moving quite nicely just raise the rating just a slight amount. Now it makes a lot of sense and by cutting the finish short that helps to take the rating up and so that's a good part of it and what it also does is that uh, the finish part if you think about it in a sculling boat uh, the last part of the stroke where you're pulling the oars right up to your sides and then feather, tapping out, feathering and putting your hands away again, that's not a very powerful part of the stroke anyway. So so don't be alarmed by cutting it a bit short. gets the rating up a little bit, and in a headwind that's always a bit of a challenge, and it enables you to uh, get your hands out of that uh, ready-to-be-trapped-by-the-water position and out over your knees. Another thing you can do with having the hands low in the boat is to practice that uh, in calm water. It's, you can quite easily practice rowing with the hands low in the boat in calm water and so I suggest every rower should practice in, in pretty decent water, practice rough water, which I know sounds a bit strange when you say you're going to practice rowing in rough water when it's calm, but all we're saying really is get the hands away quick, get your body over and get your hands down low in the boat. And you can do that in calm water, that's no problem. And if you do get ready to do that and practice it, then it's really quite easy for you to do that when you come to rough water rowing, now, particularly if you're in a race situation where the pressure's on, is to just go back and relive that experience and get the hands away quick and get them down in the boat and get those oars as high off the water as you can. So I think that they're really good things you can practice pretty much any time, which I think is super important. The When you're coming down the slide, you find also what we talked about at the finish about cutting the finish short, you may find that cutting the catch short is sometimes advisable as well because 
I'm not sure how you feel about it, Lachlan, but the catch is for most rowers, is an un- especially in a single scale, is an unstable, uncomfortable position, and it's worse when it's rough. So uh, it's quite easy to ruin your catch by being unbalanced at that point. And if you cut it a bit short, then you may find it's easier to get good catch. Yeah, so you mean cutting it short, coming into the catch? Yeah, just don't go so far forward, really. Just Yeah, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where you do benefit a little bit from cutting the stroke a bit short, but if you end up cutting the stroke short at the finish and short at the catch, you're really limiting the amount of time you're going to have that blade in the water actually moving the boat, and so sometimes that can affect your boat speed. Uh, when, it, when coming into the catch... Um, the, the main thing I notice and what I'd call rough water, I don't really count tailwinds as being rough water. I mean, you just need to tap your blades down a little bit more in a tailwind to maybe be a bit bit more quick about your movements. But, you know, rough water for me really is heading into a headwind or a head crosswind where you're trying to square your blade up at the catch and um, basically it, it wants to shoot straight up in the air and, and it's really hard to get a good catch and bring the blade down to the water at the catch. Also, you end up with... The rough water um, and a headwind, you, it's a lot harder to time that catch down to the water because depending on where you are with the waves, peak or trough will depend if you actually get the blade in the water. So for me, it's about doing uh, much much sort of larger movements. So making sure the blade, like Ken said, with the blade off the water, make sure it's even more off the water than the normal and then making it a bigger pronounced movement into the catch so i tend to have my blade pretty deep at the catch anyway when i put it in the water but i really have to think about making it even deeper because the last thing i want to do is not place that blade at the catch not get a good connection and then when i go to drive the boat worst case scenario it's not in the water properly um, and it'll skip through the water on one side and not the other uh, put you off for the whole stroke you'll turn the boat a bit you lose speed and you know you're more likely to catch a crab and it's really disconcerting so as soon as that happens you stop applying the power because you don't want to fall in and so the real key is to be able to get that blade in the water even when it is terribly rough and get the power on because that's what you're going to need to move the boat and um, you know whether you depending on how much you shorten up that's that can be useful as well but the real key for me is to try and maintain that catch above all else and especially coming into the catch i find that i have to grip the oars a little bit tighter or actually a lot tighter than i normally would have to so normally i just roll the roll the um the oar and handle in my hand if the blade will square up and i can put it in the water no problems but i really have to consciously grip those handles to stop them shooting up in the air when i square up try and do it quickly try and be precise and try and bury them deep deeper than i would normally couldn't agree more and then with the with the squaring up process, obviously you want to square up as late as you can if you're into a headwind. And the issue with squaring up at all early is that it increases the chance of the bottom of the blade getting caught on a wave a lot. And so if you're not hanging onto the handle pretty tightly in those sort of conditions, as Lachlan just said, then you may well find that the all spins in your hand and then you're heading for a crab and maybe a swim. So it's, it's really important to get that squaring up late good grip on the oar and as Lachlan says put that blade in deep because there might not be any water where you normally would put it because you're in the trough of a wave so you've got to put it in deep. One thing on that rating gig is by cutting the finish a bit short, cutting the catch a bit short means that as Lachlan says you've got less less time in the water. What that You should try and treat that as an opportunity and say okay so I'm rowing short 
uh, and I'm doing that in order to make sure that I don't get trapped by the by the water. And at the same time, though, your rating will go up, and so let your rating go up. And so if you expect to, for example, rate come down the course at 32, uh, and the water's really rough, then if you cut the finish short and the catch short, then there's no reason why you shouldn't still be able to do 32, or maybe even a bit more. So don't think just because you've got a headwind that you have to keep the rating low, or the rating's going to go down. Uh, if you're cutting it short, then there's no reason why the rating has to drop as much. And one of the things, and I'm sure Lachlan, you've seen this in plenty of races where you used to, you'd see athletes that are used to rowing in good water and they go down the course at 32, 34, and then when it gets rough water, they go down the course at 26 and they don't go very fast at all. And being able to deal with that rating can be very important in rough water. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those athletes. <laughs> I love I love smooth water. It's my favourite. I love just being able to twist the handles, the blades just run along the water. Um, you know, it's got to the point where I pretty much will only row in one location where I know the water's going to be perfect. So I've become extremely picky. Uh, obviously, you can't do that if you're racing or if you live somewhere where you have rough water. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be one of those people who could rate you know 32 in a, in a race 30 32 something like that and if it was rough water i'd be rating it like 26 or 24 um yeah i think one of the things we probably talk about in a bit more detail is how people's boats are set up um so for example my boat is set up to perform really well in uh flat water like my my gearing and my oars it's also designed for flat water the only thing that i have on my setup that isn't designed that is good in rough water and, and wind is the reduced diameter shaft oars that I have. But apart from that, um, the boats, the spread, everything, it's not set up for going slow like you would in rough water or into a headwind. So it becomes really quite uncomfortable for me to row uh, like that. And I know that I'm not going to be changing my boat every time the wind direction changes, not changing my rig. So for that reason, I pretty much only try and row when it's it's beautiful, calm water. But it's worth remembering that most people's boats are set up to perform very well in in beautiful weather. And um, when you just get the, that bad weather, it's it's really not suited to it. Yeah, just a couple of thoughts on that. A uh, few things about rigging and uh, associated matters with rough water. First one is if you possibly can, don't let the boat fill up with water. It's and the easy way to deal with that is that uh, is to put something on the bow of the boat. I've been at international competitions where you'd see people putting all sorts of things on the front of the boat just to deflect the water so it doesn't come over the bow of the boat and fill it up because a full boat really slows you down. A couple of things with that. If you can get a boat that's got a, a water shedding device uh, just at the end of the front canvas, I think that's super important if you really have to. Uh, and if it's rough you will is get some piece of plastic uh, cardboard's not so good because it tends to rot and wash away pretty quickly but some sort of piece of stiff plastic and just fit it somehow with duct tape or something to the front of the boat to stop the cockpit filling up if you're in a single skull and the cockpit does fill up because of some rogue wave or whatever then with most single skulls if you really have a crack for a few strokes you can get some of that water out the back of the cockpit by really trying really aggressive jerky sort of rowing in order to try and get a bit of the water out but if it's there and you can't get rid of it then you're stuck with it so if you can try and keep water out of the boat the next thing that's that i think is important is that when the boat tips to one side 
then what you try to do instinctively is to pull harder on the oar on that side in order to try and lift that side of the boat back up again. Now, if you've got really soft oars, uh, which is a lot of people like using, if you've got a really soft oar and you try and pull on it and get a quick reaction out of the boat, you won't because the oar will bend before it starts to pick up that load aggressively. If instead you've got a stiff oar, then with a stiff oar you can find you get a much more immediate response to pulling on that side. So if one side's down, when you put the blade in at the catch because of whatever reason, the wave wasn't, the water wasn't there on that side or whatever, then if you've got a stiff oar, you've got a better chance of, of lifting that boat back up into a stable position for the next stroke. So I suggest think about whether you use soft oars or stiff oars in a race. If you've got access to a set of stiff oars, I'd give it a try. So. How would you view that, Lachlan, as a, as a mechanism? Because you use particularly soft oars as a rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I've got the, probably the softest oars you can imagine, and I love them. Like, uh, I feel like normal oars are just super hard on my body. Uh, I don't like the way it loads me up and connects me directly to the load as much as a set of soft oars. So for me personally, I, I wouldn't uh, substitute stiff oars for soft in bad weather because it just makes something that's really hard even harder um, <laughs> especially with the extra load um, but th- but that's not to say that it won't improve performance like Ken was saying like obviously if you're going for the best performance and you have access to these oars and you you know you're just going to load your body up for a race uh, you want to do the best that you can yeah probably stiffer oars are going to be the way to go just because it connects you much more to what you're doing um, but yeah I, I probably wouldn't do it and most people who it's not worth owning a set of stiff oars um, just for racing, I don't think. I think if you're going to have one set of oars, get a soft set just because it's going to be much easier on your body. And, um, yeah, you can always get a stiffer set later on if you if you really think it's necessary. But if you get an injury, then, you know, that's, that's probably game over for a while anyway. Um, what Ken was saying before about uh, how, how the boats will, will bail themselves out pretty well, um, that is true, and especially in a single, uh, if you fill it up with water you can probably get um you know three quarters of that wave out of the boat you only have a small amount left in there but bear in mind that's only if there's nothing else in your single so if you have a drink bottle in your single it's going to stop the water bailing out as easily if you've got like a a thermal like like a top or some sort of jumper it's just going to soak up with water it's not going to allow the water to drain out so if it's rough weather and it's not you know extremely cold you don't need to have that extra layer i'd take that off and leave it back at the pontoon before you head off because that way your boat will clear out much easier than it would have if you have extra things like yeah drink bottles and and tops in your boat yeah i have seen a couple of extreme examples if you want to know how to keep water out of the cockpit one way to do it which i've seen used is to get some polystyrene foam uh, which won't absorb water and it's quite lightweight, cut it into the shape of the cockpit that's not being used by, by you and fill the cockpit with that and stick it in. If it's really rough, what happens is that you can't fill the cockpit up because it's full of polystyrene, uh, which actually keeps a lot of the water out of the boat. So if it's super rough and it's super important, give it a thought. It's Just get some polystyrene, cut it to the right shape, make sure you stick it into the cockpit well enough so it's not going to float around and you'll find that reduces the volume of water that you get in a cockpit. Bit of a neat trick, mind you. You might get some funny comments from people. Another thing I think is worth thinking about, a couple of other little points, is that if you're someone who's rowing with a, 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 a low pitch, i.e. if you've got a pitch on the gates that might be going three to one, something like that, 
couple of things to think about. So if it's three degrees at the catch and one degree at the finish, if the boat tips a fair bit to one side, then that's like putting more layout on the pin. So you'll actually end up quite likely with negative pitch. And so the issue with that is if you have negative pitch at the finish, then that's going to make it more likely to catch a crab. So if the boat's on a lean to one side, then that side's essentially going to be, in, in a lot of cases, negative pitch, which makes it really hard to put power on at the finish of the stroke. So think about pitch if you've got really rough water. If you've got a boat that has no layout, so for example if it's got normal 4-4 four, four inserts in the gates, then you'll end up with 4 degrees at the catch, 4 degrees at the finish. And so that gives you a lot more safety than having three to one, for example. So just think about making the pitch so that the pin's vertical, so you've got pitch the same from catch to finish. The other thing you can do, which is worth thinking about, is if the water's quite rough, when you the boat tips to one side, as I mentioned before, you use the oar to try and right the boat back up onto an even keel. Now, every shed would have a series, a set of inserts around for the gates that the steepest insert generally is seven to one and then there's six to two five to three four to four and so if you want to it's very easy before you go out for a row to change the the inserts in the gates and so if it was rough you could change it from being four four to being uh, seven one or six two what that does that gives you a greater angle on the blade at the catch which means that if you put the blade in at the catch and it's and you're the boat's tipped and you have to try and right it then you're going to have more upward force uh, coming out of that gate if it's got a 7-2 sorry 7-1 insert in it rather than if it's got a 4-4 so just another thing you can do without actually having to re-rig the boat just change the inserts there and you'll be able to pull yourself out of those uh, unhappy side positions so just make sure that your pitch is right because bad pitch is hard enough to row with at the best of times but in rough water it's worse yeah i think um one of the other things that you often hear uh, coaches and athletes talk about with rough water is raising the heights of what you're what you're doing with your um so raising the gate height basically so giving yourself making it a bit easier to tap out um, and keep the blade off the water during rough water and that that works to a point but you have to remember that you're trading off bit between uh, height of the water on the recovery and difficulty of getting the blade in the water at the catch so if you raise the heights too far you're going to have a lot of trouble actually holding the blade in the water and applying the power so it's a bit of a trade-off between uh, clearing the water and being able to get a good effective drive phase with the blade in the water at the catch. Yeah, absolutely the same thing applies at the finish too if you if you lift the gates too high then you'll find you can't really hold the blade in the water at the finish but having said that if you've cut the finish short and the catch short because it is particularly rough then if you're used to rowing short like that then you may find that you can get away with the gates a little higher off the water because the catch and finish aren't really being used to their full extent so it's something that every athlete should try for themselves but hopefully that list of uh, things you can try and there's quite a few of them actually that you can do in in order to get your boat rigged better for rough water and change your technique for rough water and i think the critical thing is to don't let your mind get in the way remember the boat will go level and flat if you don't hit the water no matter what the water is doing pretty much and critically get out there in rough water and practice it yeah and i think getting used to maintaining your boat speed in rough water is important you know you're obviously not going to be as fast as if you're in flat water but 
the real things that slow boats down and um, make crews drop down the order is the boat stoppers where they you know something horribly wrong goes on like you catch a crab or the half the crew misses a stroke or something like that so the the more you can focus on being able to stay consistent boat speed during rough water the better you're going to be overall and that provides some sort of platform to work off to to increase boat speed whereas if you're always you know the boat speeds up down stop have a little sprint catch another crab you know it's not going to work out well for you and the often you know i've been in races especially in eights or something like that and everyone gets off to a similar start uh, or you know reasonably uh reasonably similar but you'll see like some big event happen in one of the boats and all of a sudden they'll be like a a quarter or half a boat length back and they just can't make up that momentum especially if you're the crew that hasn't made that huge error you you use that as extra fuel to move further away from them and so these these things often compound in rough water and so it's it's important to maintain that consistency just for your race as well as as well as you know not trying to get beaten by other people um by just catching a crab or something so I was in a race once, it was open, I senior men's uh, coxless quad and uh, we were facing our rivals and we had a quite a good lead on them, maybe like you know one and a half boat length, something like that. And we got towards the finish line last, you know, 250 metres, the the wind was starting to gust up and it was, you know, quite hard work, but we had a good, good lead. But um, yeah, probably about five or ten strokes before the finish our stroke man caught a crab like lost his oar just shot straight out of the boat now i don't know what happened um but yeah he he was basically useless for the the last few strokes and um you know obviously we you know do what we could to overcome that and but they were just kept gaining and gaining and gaining but it it was so close in the end it was like 0.3 or 0.2 of a second or something like we just won but it was it highlights the importance of how like these small events can just completely turn your race upside down and so avoiding those catastrophic things um yeah will will mean you have a much better time out there in rough water and you know it is just little things like thinking about tapping down more thinking about cutting the stroke a bit short making sure your blades are clearing the water uh, making sure you're placing the blade like all the normal stuff but it's all just turned up to 11 when it comes to rowing into a headwind or rough water so if you enjoyed this podcast, we've got quite a few videos on our website that relate specifically to technique and building confidence in rough water and being able to overcome you know, rough water conditions, especially when racing. So if you're interested, our members can head over to our website, decentrowing.com. If you're not a member, you can sign up. And if you're not ready to sign up for a membership, we've also got a rowing course that you can uh, sign up to our email list. You get it for free. Uh, so it gives you a good introduction to what we do at Decent Rowing and maybe Uh, let you know if you want to consider becoming a member in the future. So until next time, happy rowing.